You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused a revolution. You betrayed the law. Well, mine is stiff. You know what I'm saying. I mean, that's what she said. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope so. Welcome to Movie Boners, everybody. Hi, everybody. Ah, that's good. So I couldn't Ooh, run out yeah, to the that, that kind of punch. <laughs> <laughs> it is stiff, huh? Stiff drink. Ooh, it's been I, a while. <laughs> I couldn't run out to the store, so I had this just in the fridge. Um, and I think you referenced it, referenced it last week. It's a limited edition Grimm Brothers, uh, the Valentine's Day one, the Bleeding Heart. Oh, nice. Peanut butter stout, peanut butter cup stout. Uh, it's good. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, well, I I went kind of like a little back homey. It's kind of mm. it's it doesn't really reference the episode, but it mm. packs a wallop. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I'm drinking a, a classic from back home. I went with Mercenary mm. from Odell, mm -hmm. folks. If you are not hop friendly stay away from this beer if you are hop friendly <laughs> mm. prepare yourself because it is a sucker punch to the taste buds it's really good <laughs> but i haven't had mercenary for years and mm -hmm. yep <laughs> strong definitely it's strong very strong <laughs> oh all right well, let, let's let's clear. Let's get uh, the big one out of the way. Hey, by the way, even though yeah. you know, fuck you, um, <laughs> I resent you. But yes. happy Batman weekend, Jake. <laughs> Dude, Batman weekend is the best weekend. Not just because it's my movie on my draft, and I was skeptical when you said last week that it would raise my rating a lot. Um, you were like, it'll be in the eight point eight, something like that. Uh, it's an 8.7 on IMDb, and I was very excited to see that. Um, I am shocked by that, but it's it's true. Um, yeah, so obviously, folks, we both went and saw it. We're not going to give any spoilery things, so this will just mm -hmm. be a quick, um, obviously very biased <laughs> review because <laughs> yeah. we're fans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. it. So my my rating jumped up. I am now in the lead. You have a six point nine two zero, and I have a six point nine seven five. So five hundredths, but still counts. <laughs> you're you're still kicking the crap out of me, and it's only yeah. gonna get worse from here for me. Yeah. Um, I was also <laughs> very skeptical because you saw it Thursday night. I saw yes. it Friday afternoon. Generally, when you see, we see movies separately that we're excited about, that you I get a courtesy text of, yeah, it was really good, or I really liked it, or you're going to love it. I got nothing from yeah, you. Yeah, I gave and you I nothing. Like, but I was like, is he speechless because it's good? Does it suck? <laughs> and he doesn't want to spoil it for me? Like, <laughs> I also didn't get out of the movie until like after 11 o'clock at night, my time. Okay. And was like, I'm not going to like shoot a late night text just in case you know you guys got the baby on the way and yeah i was like i'm just he's gonna see it and then i didn't hear from you on friday and i was yeah. like Did you that was out of spite because you okay because <laughs> it had me worried i was like 
did Jake hate it? Is is Saturday going to be really awkward when we record? And I'm like, I fucking love this movie. And he's going to be like, it sucked. I was, I was like afraid. And I was like yeah. breaking it down in my head. Like there is no way Jake disliked like anything in this movie. This is Jake's style movie right here. Yeah. Like if he didn't like it, I think we're going to have to end the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe not that extreme, but I was going to have severe judgment against you. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, folks, man, the hype is real. This yeah. movie was. The Batman lives up to it 100%. And I was very skeptical, like, very skeptical of. Because you heard, hey, Pattinson's going to be everyone's new favorite Batman. He kills mm -hmm. it. And I always felt like, yes, he's going to kill this role. Like, he's going to be Batman. But I was yeah. like, I doubt he's going to rival, like, Affleck and Bale for me. I was like, I, he's probably mm -hmm. going to be close, but I don't think he's going to quite get there. Mm -hmm. And then it was not very long into the movie that I'm watching it, and I was like, uh-oh. I think I'm about to become very <laughs> obsessed yeah. with this iteration of Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's a phenomenal Batman. <laughs> He's, it's very interesting to me because it's early on. And so yeah. I'm excited. I want to see him flesh out his Bruce Wayne side more because yep. he's very reclusive on that aspect. But the Batman side is solid and in a good direction. I love it. it I, I feel like as they expand this uh, Batverse, as mm -hmm. I, I want to call it, I think I even saw Matt Reeves may have even called it a Batverse that he wants to focus on. Nice. Uh, I could totally see them fleshing out the Bruce Wayne side of things. Mm -hmm. I kind of hint in this one of like, hey, you're going to have to make appearances. You're going to have to show up. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to. Uh, I, I can't really say a whole lot. I will just yeah. tell you character development is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Mm -hmm. Do you, I think she's my favorite Catwoman. Yeah, like, I was. No joke. The, I was the most skeptical <laughs> of, of her character, um, partly from the trailers. I didn't love her lines; they felt out of place. But in the movie, in the moment, they work really well, and she works really well. So I, I did end up liking her a lot. I, I liked everybody a lot. Yeah, I really liked her as Catwoman. I thought her suit was cool and very like it's still pretty raw, which I, yeah. I really liked. All the raw feel to everything. Mm -hmm. I I can't wait to see them like upgrade the suits or like yeah beef up the suit um yeah. the bat suit especially was probably one of my favorites just the dude, fact that it was so so cool so practical so smart so useful um yeah it, it seemed like really really good and for like fans of comics from several very popular mm -hmm. books uh, to like fans of Adam West Batman, pretty much every Batman that has come before Pattinson, there are tons of little like nods mm -hmm. to every previous Batman. There's a ton of stuff flat out just taken straight from panels in certain comics, which yeah. I was giddy oh, yeah. about. I love when uh, that happens. Snyder does it a bunch. I'm glad Matt Reeves took that and and did it too gave it to the fans yeah. as well and there was this this movie felt like a uh kind of a a thank you to all the previous batmans and like filmmakers yeah. that have brought batman cuz there's so many moments where i was like 
oh, that that feels like a Burton kind of sense or scenery yeah. or whatever. Oh, there's Nolan and oh, mm-hmm. there's Affleck's style of fighting. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I just loved how they melded every dark Knight before Pattinson put it yeah. in this very young Batman and then left room still for him to be his own thing. It's, yeah. it's so good. It's yeah. So good. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of great <laughs> comic references. If you're a Batman fan, I think all of the mm-hmm. all of the big ones uh, make appearances. We already talked a little bit uh, before we started recording about the right, Long right. Halloween. I noticed Hush <laughs> references. Um, that yeah, there's so much with like uh, not Nightfall, but the um, the one the Flash uh, point, yeah, so Flash all of that point. stuff. So the, yeah, uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there. There was a funny moment for me when the movie ended because I was in a packed house. I mean, it was every showtime when I was trying to get my ticket was like full mm-hmm. and I had managed to find one little seat in the middle of the theater. <laughs> I was like, that one's mine. But <laughs> um, the lights come up, right? And people are getting out and everyone's just kind of like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And there were these little kids that were walking out and I hear this one kid go, this is why I like Marvel more. <laughs> And I looked at him, and his dad was like, why? And he goes, because there's, like, more comedy, and there's more, like, action. And I was like, oh, yeah. The Batman? Yeah. Not child-friendly, not because of just content. Yeah. It's a very smart movie, and it's a very detective noir story. Like, it is... It's a complicated conspiracy political mob story. And yeah, yeah that was my favorite part was <laughs> I've been one. I think that's the biggest gap in Batman movies to date have been the fact that he's the world's greatest detective and you don't get a lot of detectiving in the yep. other movies. And there, this movie is a detective movie. It's <laughs> this one is straight detective. Exactly work. <laughs> what I wanted it to be. It delivered. And he, man, Pattinson does such a great job with like the eyes all of his expressions in the cowl, just how he squints, the glares, his eye, like, yeah. I, man, I have been a pretty big Pattinson fan for a while, and watching him in this, I was just like, dude, this dude is just, mm-hmm. man, he's just like, to me, he's still just hinting at what he's got up his sleeve. I can't wait for part two, yeah. three. Give me like seven or eight of these. I don't want just a trilogy. I want a whole freaking like franchise built around this guy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Batman fans, it's amazing. Go check it out. The score is unbelievable. Penguin, yeah. Penguin is. Oh my god. Yeah, Penguin was definitely one of my favorite parts. Out of a movie full of favorite parts, he was one of my favorite parts. And you, and I was at no. At, Especially the fact that they made him just like a like a second in command to Falcone, and yeah, I, and now that there's a power vacuum, I want so badly to see him rise to power and be the like the mob kingpin penguin that we know, which be. would be in line with the comic books. Yeah, uh, but at no point there, there's always like when when actors go heavy makeup or whatever, you always find that still moment where you're like, oh, there's there's the actor, mm-hmm. right? No. At no yeah. point was I ever like, are we sure that's mm-hmm. Colin Farrell? Like, yeah. I, I'm pretty... Did he get, like... Did he just sign on to put his name on it? Is that actually... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very impressive. 
And then just real quick, uh, Riddler has always been like my favorite Batman villain in the comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. This Riddler is probably the most unnerving villain yeah. we've seen since Heath Ledger's Joker, at least to me. I was yeah. telling my daughter, like, they did their homework in researching serial killers, especially yeah. like Zodiac and right. Unabomber kind of stuff. And I was like, he makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, at no point was I ever just like, oh, he's a bad guy. The whole time I'm like, uh, this guy is... Yeah. Formidable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, there was a lot of points when I was like, he's in complete control. There's nothing that the Batman can do. Like <laughs> I totally buy it. And Paul Dano is perfect casting. He has, yeah. he's been an unbelievable actor from a very young age and continues to knock it out of the park. It was just, this was unreal to me. So, and I've got him up here. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I'm telling you, I got out of that movie and was just like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be seeing I, this movie a lot. Yeah, I told my daughter like I'm I'm gonna be uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be adding two Jakes running total because yeah, I can't like I've I've been breaking the movie down like crazy. So, anyways, folks, go watch it. It's worth it. It's so freaking good. Yeah. Um, maybe don't take children under the age of like twelve. Or eleven or whatever, just because yeah, not a lot of action and the Riddler might raise some questions from them. He's pretty like, scary. I re- yeah. I realized I was telling my daughter about like the Zodiac killer and what he did, and then realizing <laughs> I'm telling a twelve year old this. Maybe maybe we don't I mean you don't <laughs> have to tell your children all about that. No, stuff. but I was like telling her because she was looking at his costume and she was like, Why did they make him look like that? And I started breaking down why and yeah. where the inspiration. But it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I, I I would have loved this movie as a kid. I think if you're a if you're a kid who's a Batman fan and just like seeing him, like seeing him yeah. move and use gadgets and that, that car driving scene was like just that camera angles and everything was unbelievable action. Like there was not a lot of action, but that action was unbelievable. The, the bat bike is just such a, yeah, I honestly have zero complaints about the movie. I saw one Same. person complain about the three hour runtime no. and they're like, not that it ever felt like it dragged. It's just, you feel yeah. like, and I was like, no, I disagree with that. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. I think every Batman film should be three hours minimum. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. You. I mean, you need that much for to let the story breathe. It's not a. It's not a simple story, and so it needed the space. And I'm glad they let it. Yeah. So check it out, guys. It's. <sighs> It, so, it was a proud movie for us Batman fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so glad it's here. I can't believe it came out in March, and now I have the rest of the year, and there's nothing I'm as excited about as that movie. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, well, dang. I got to end 2021 with a, a banger, and this came out close to the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm excited for movies. Don't get me wrong, folks. I'm yeah. stoked for a lot, but this was a Jake's high right. Point. This was the uh, this was it, and I'm like, I don't know how you follow from that. So yeah. <laughs> did you see anything now, else? Did you see anything else new since last week? No, I did not. That was the only important one. 
Okay. Um, I've been watching a lot of shows. I finished 1883, so you're not going to hear me talk about Yellowstone. So now you're watching Yellowstone all over again? You're not, no, not yet. I, I, I've been <laughs> but, you sound like I called you out. <laughs> but only because I've thought about it every day for the last three weeks. Guilty, Your Honor, guilty. <laughs> I will say 1883 is a fantastic show, especially as a closed series. And it, it, I, as I was watching it, I was like, this is an incredible example of a good reason to do a prequel. It's not just a cash grab. It actually adds value and value to the original series or the main mm -hmm. story and the characters in the main story. It, it definitely sets their uh, motivations, clarifies their motivations a lot. Um, so it was a great, great series. So I'm looking forward to all of the other uh all of the other sheridan verse things they have another prequel series 1938 or something and four sixes and maybe another one i don't remember but yellowstone's coming back pretty soon so hanging yeah, in there you and i have a ton of movies that we have <laughs> yeah, to I watch know. <laughs> i know i so i binged two whole movie uh, two whole tv series also this last week <laughs> Uh, my wife's pregnant. We hang out at home and don't do anything. I watched, we watched all of the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, which is okay. a, that uh, Netflix series with Christian Bell. Bell, right? And it's a fun, it's a very straight faced parody of those, that very specific subgenre mm -hmm. of like the girl in the window or the girl who's agoraphobic and also an alcoholic and sees murder, that kind of thing. Uh, it's pretty funny, but it's they play it very straight, and that makes it even better. I enjoyed that. And then we just finished, right before recording this, just finished WandaVision um, in preparation oh. for... Well, it, to watch it, because I never got around to watching it before. My wife's a big Scarlet Witch fan, and she really mm -hmm. liked it. She really enjoyed yeah. being able to get a show. She said, I, I prefer getting this series, because I get like a five-hour movie instead of yeah. a, or a six-hour movie. Um so One vision cool. was cool. I really liked One Division. Yeah, honestly, it was the only uh, MCU show that Disney Plus put out that I thought was actually like super great. Yeah, it's the only one I've watched, <laughs> so that I can't speak on uh, Loki or Falcon Winter Soldier. But yeah. I'm looking forward to Moon Knight. I, I like the Moon Knight story, and I think it would benefit from a longer series uh, style yeah. as well. So those are the only things I watched. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I've added, I realized I forgot a handful of movies in preparation for next week. So instead mm -hmm. of knocking some movies out, I added more to my watch list. And then it was like, oh crap, I still have to watch a bunch of Oscar nominees. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh crap, we have a deep dive coming up. Oh crap. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to limit myself now. I think it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I think you're not wrong. <laughs> I think you're not wrong at all. I have the same problem. Well, should we do this? This yes. one's going to be kind of a goofy episode, folks, because <laughs> it's going to be a little different. And i i I think this might be the shortest episode we end up with. I'm just gonna. I'm just it, gonna say it now. It could be. I took a decent <laughs> amount of notes, so I'm gonna kind of. I at least have some stuff on both sides we'll see how it goes okay but it is a kind of an experiment because we have never done an episode like this it was inspired by a conversation kind of a joke that we had in an earlier episode where i don't remember exactly how it started but you said you liked the 
newer dread movie and i saw that i like to judge dread better and it doesn't happen very often that we disagree on movies it's true um especially when it comes to remakes but (laughs) so i thought that was funny and uh we had uh, listeners who enjoyed that conversation and the more we talked about it we were like that could be an episode because we actually (laughs) could just try turn that have a debate about which movie is better and why and point counterpoint and get into it so that's um, what we're doing. I, I do have some funny conclusions after okay. watching both movies and kind of looking into different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to crack up. You might even agree with me on my mm-hmm. my closing points. Okay. So Interesting. Now, obviously, our debate probably won't change each other's minds. <laughs> but it'll be funny nonetheless because yeah. you're about to hear two schmucks just berate each other and (laughs) yeah it's not my fault you have the wrong opinion wow wow what a douche okay so i honestly started to doubt myself because i do because you rewatch judge dread and you realize the movie no dog i I generally do trust your opinion on movies i think that we share a lot of interests and we agree on the most for the most part and so we were joking back and forth about which one is better. And I hadn't seen the old version, the original Judge Dredd in a long time. And so I was like, oh, maybe it's not as good as I remember. Maybe he's right. The new one is better. I doubted myself a little bit. And then I watched them. I said, nope, I'm absolutely correct. <laughs> the original is far superior and a very enjoyable film. <laughs> so we're going to get Jake felt it. validated. Validated. All right. Yes. So I'm reinvigorated with my... Uh, perspective and conclusion well i feel like i want to hear your side of why 95 judge dread with sylvester stallone is superior okay um and uh and we'll just because i feel like that one's going to take up the most conversation Mm -hmm. right because it's it's the most interesting it's the no it's so bad it's so bad (laughs) It's so bad. It's it's uh, not it's not like I you say it's so bad and I understand when you say Mario Brothers is so bad because I like it because it's bad. But I I like Judge Dread in a non ironic non so bad kind of way. It's you you like it in the same vein that you like Highlander 2. Okay, that's true. And the original Highlander and all of the other <laughs> oh, Highlanders. Oh, what was that, Jake? Did I just win by, like, <laughs> totally taking nope. away credibility The original from Highlander me? is Hell a yeah. movie. <laughs> I think we found our next debate episode. <laughs> Except it's going to be Highlander versus not watching Highlander. <laughs> <Yeah>. True. True. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I just feel like you and I are going to get caught up in the 95 one more. Uh, I I had I had some interesting moments watching yep. both of these movies this week, but we'll get into that. Uh, you have a lot more confidence in your 95 version <laughs> than I have in both versions. Mm. Okay. So this debate might be sad, but... <laughs> I may be doubling down for effect, but the truth, the fact of the matter stands. It's still a good movie. Uh, All right, Jake, take it away, man. 
So I try in my note taking, I tried to list the pros and cons of each, obviously. Yeah. And I tried doing the same. And guess what? I had like one pro for the 95. (laughs) Oh, wow. Two. Very cool. I had two. Two. Sorry. I I have. I, I will say I have pros about the new one. I have there are several things that I do agree it is superior for. Um, I think that Should it we just cut the ben- episode right there. I think that it <laughs> benefits greatly from coming after <laughs> and learning from the mistakes of the original. The original oh. is not perfect. There are there are mistakes that it could have been improved. It is a victim of the process in it, which it was made partly. Um, it's also, but it is also a more successful film on paper, a higher, a bigger budget originally, but also at least made its budget back. Unlike your movie. I, I love your little asterisk with that <laughs> on paper. Uh, Cause execution was bad. Well, it, part of the reason. Okay. So let's talk box office right at the top. Original Judge Dredd from 1995 had a, a much larger budget um, than yes, the later movie did, and, but it did ma- made back its budget a little more than its budget in this gross box office. I think a big reason for that is how huge of a draw 90s Stallone is. Like you put Stallone yes. in any movie in the 90s, and it's going to make a hundred million dollars. So, and you don't have anything like that in the remake. There's no big draw. It just kind of came out and people are like, oh, a Judge Dredd movie. Oh, it's like when they remade Total Recall. It's like, oh, a re- Total Recall movie. Uh, who cares? So that's my that's, point. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I was not part of the who cares. I was part of the like, oh, cool. It looks like someone actually tried. Um, <laughs> oh, look, they got an actor that puts the the character before their own uh, chiseled face. Uh, oh, look. Okay. It's action packed and like gritty. Oh, look. <laughs> I will say, I am not like, I am not a source material fan boy. Uh, I I think it looks cool. I, I like in the 1995 Judge Dredd, the credits are over the comic covers and panels. And I think that art looks really cool. It makes me want to read it. But. I never have, and so I'm not like a big fan of it that I know all of it, and so I wasn't upset like a lot of fans were, and they, they are validated. The fans are upset that he takes his helmet off, reveals his face, and he never does that really in the comics, so mm-hmm. they feel like it's out of character and just something that they did for the movie because they want Stallone or wants to have his face shown or the studios or whoever, and that's valid. Yeah. I, that's a valid criticism of it. Um, me... I don't mind that he takes his helmet off. I mean, he gets stripped of his judgeship. He has to take his helmet off, even though it takes it off before that happens. But still, he would have had to at any point. He wears a skin-tight shirt for the entire film. That's not the... Which means Jake gets to look at Stallone's jacked 90s body (laughs) for an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah. But you're saying that See, like it's he a can't argue of the it. film. That is a pro. <laughs> that is a positive of the movie. I don't understand. You're making my argument for me. Stallone is way more jacked than Keith Urban is. Not only he is, is he is like, way more jacked. He's tall. He's built. He's like ripped. His uh, whether he's in the armor or not, he is just jacked out of his mind. In contrast to Keith Urban, who not only is smaller in stature and just generally blah. But he's he's when they're wearing the masks, if all you can see is this part of your face, you want a Stallone chiseled jaw. You don't want a weak Keith Urban chin. Wow. 
Wow, someone's attacking Keith Urban's chin yes. now. Yes, That sounds like a desperate <laughs> cry for, please, someone agree with me. It is my opinion. Take it or leave it. It is the correct opinion. It's true. Um, okay, I I will say Stallone is near perfect casting just with body size and type, right? Yes, The big correct. jack look. Okay, I will agree he is perfect casting mm -hmm. to a point. Mm. Uh, Stallone is responsible for how bad <laughs> Judge Dredd in 95 <laughs> came out. Uh, this was another thing, reading production notes and kind of going behind the scenes and learning about all the turmoil on set because mm -hmm. there was a lot yeah. between Stallone and the director. And Stallone... I guess original story and original script were darker. They were grittier, but mm -hmm. set in Mega City 1. Uh, so Mega City was still going to look like it does, which is closer in line with the comics. So both movies still follow comics to a point or mm -hmm. like are a part of the source material, but then they both fail equally in yeah. actually following through with source material but with the 95 one they did want a grittier one they did want it to be darker the violence to be a little more uh i don't want to say gruesome but a little more intense yeah stallone wanted it to be a comedy so mm -hmm. he was the reason why everything is so over campy and over cheese factory yeah uh, there's a lot of more a lot more jokes and rob schneider's whole character um, and rob to... schneider okay we'll save that table that <laughs> but no you're you're right um the director danny cannon wanted a more serious movie and mm -hmm. and pushed for that and that is a big reason why it's an r-rated movie uh, the producers, Disney, which funny side story. I didn't realize Disney's like non-Disney company produced it. I found a page on the Disney wiki that is like about Judge Dredd and like all this stuff. And there were comments on the page like, why is this on the Disney wiki? He, there's violence <laughs> and bad language and it doesn't belong here. And I was like, actually, it does belong on the Disney wiki. <laughs> But yeah, they wanted it to be a PG-13 fun movie, as Stallone and Disney did, and had to submit it to the ratings, going back to last week's episode, had to submit yep. it to the ratings four or five different times. And they started, they were like, originally were getting an X rating before they got it down to the R rating. And they're like, okay, this isn't what we wanted, but I guess it's enough. Uh, so right. it's, it's kind of an awkward compromise, I will say. Yeah. Um, and then you and get... For an R-rated movie, it's not for an R-rated movie. It's not that violent, especially compared to like at all. Especially compared to Dread, Dread is <laughs> far more violent with actual blood. I think you don't really see yeah. blood in Judge Dread, um, and so it's committing to that from the outset and making a movie that way. I think makes it more you had more of a goal that you accomplished as opposed to mm -hmm. judge Dredd. I will say a weakness of it is it's, it's mishandling of what it should be. It had an identity crisis kind of. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so normally like I'm a, I'm a sucker for nineties action. I freaking love nineties action movies. I love nineties Stallone. Mm -hmm. Like I love 
just the excessiveness that they all are. Mm-hmm. It's nostalgic for me, right? So mm-hmm. I sat down to rewatch Judge Dredd this week, and I'm watching it, and I love the opening credits. I had forgot about that, and I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> and then I started thinking, like, oh, no. Am I going to, like, really <laughs> enjoy this movie all of a sudden? That's going to ruin this whole episode. Yeah. And then Stallone showed up. <laughs> And they do that close-up where, like, his little microphone pops out of his helmet. Yeah. And he's telling him, you have one chance. (laughs) Come out now. I am the law. (laughs) Right? Doing all that shit. Dead on Stallone impression. (laughs) And I was like, I'm watching that scene, dude. And I was like, okay, right out of the gate, here's what's wrong with this movie. And I could tell. Now, I haven't watched Judge Dredd. Since I was like eight, maybe <laughs> like long freaking time ago, haven't watched yeah. it since I was a kid. Uh, because when I saw it as a kid, I wasn't that interested in it. I just mm-hmm. I remember as a kid being like, "This movie kind of sucks." And now I'm watching it in my mid thirties, thinking like, "I think I found the problem right out of the gate." Oh <laughs> shoot! That whole opening scene could have been cool with the the uh, the block riot that's going on. Yeah, they're firing, and I did really like. So I do like the costumes. Okay, as ridiculous as they are, I do like the gaudy costumes that the judges wear in the '95 mm-hmm. Judge Dread. They're designed uh, one, by Versace. Does, I don't care about that. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing an old Navy Batman shirt. Like, <laughs> Versace is the last thing on my mind. Uh, <laughs> But I like that, and it does go in line with the source material because the judges' outfits in the comics yeah. are big and gaudy. They're gold. They're I mean, it, they're supposed to make them look like this authoritarian kind of figure. So I was right. like, okay, the bike is cool. The suit works. I and also the microphone like, came out, and he started. I like in the movie the costumes. Um, which I think is different from the comics. They kind of split up rookie judges and older, yeah. older, higher ranking judges in their costumes. Like Stallone has like this big gold eagle on his arm, and it just looks more established, like decorated, I guess. Yeah. Um, now I didn't really read any of the comics or come across. I've never been a big Judge Dredd fan, mm-hmm. like comic books or even the movies. Like I do enjoy Dredd more than the 95 Judge Dredd, but I've never been felt compelled to follow the comic books. Like, I've read a few of the stories and been like, it's interesting. It's got some cool parts, but I've never, like, connected to it. So yeah. every time I make the source material argument, I feel like an ass, but I feel validated <laughs> at the same time because I do like comic book movies, and I mm-hmm. still like comic book fans when we see movies adapted from that kind of source yeah there's still a like we expect you to at least be respectful to the source material you should follow mm-hmm. especially when it's like core character traits where stallone does not follow core character traits <laughs> like at all in um, that whole movie but he's standing there getting shot at right mm-hmm. and he's like he he rattles off what kind of rounds they're firing at what velocity. And he's like, you're totally safe. But that whole point leading up to it, 
they're still firing the same rounds, but everything around them's like getting shot up. Everything's blown up. There's mm. like people are getting shot, and all of a sudden he shows up and he's like, "No, they can't even get to us. You're fine." And I'm like, "Ooh, continuity." <laughs> like, <laughs> but his whole demeanor when he showed up, you could tell right there mm-hmm. he's playing this role way differently than how, like, the rest of the cast was told it was going to be, how the director intended... You could just tell that Mm. right away that Stallone was doing his thing instead of just letting the the story be and the character be. Mm -hmm. And as a viewer, being able to tell that right away was a big turnoff. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time with that opening scene. And there's some parts to it that I'm like but I really like some of the parts of this. Like when they go up yeah, and he's just like kicking down the door and just blasting away the bad guys. And he's like ringing down the judgment. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff, but him showing up was immediately a turnoff to me because, and I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's him. It's his ego. Yeah. This is Stallone's ego. Yeah. The, the director had a similar perspective on it that, that he, he's thought that Stallone was kind of an egomaniac and and controlled the whole process and and I think Disney was inclined to let him because he's Stallone in the '90s, so they wanted it to mm-hmm. be be more his vehicle and and so I think the director wasn't even on allowed on set for after post production reshoots um, because they just yeah kind of given he up. was banned from the set, which is kind of crazy because uh, his his vision does sound cool it sounds grandiose it sounds like he had a he had an intention for the movie he said he wanted it to be the ben-hur of comic book movies and and it just never really got that chance because of all of the adversity yeah. and and stallone's um intentions for it so you're not wrong. i knew you'd say that <laughs> you're not wrong about that <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know how much how much better it would have been if you had let uh, Danny Cannon have his way because he had never really directed anything significant. He had two other feature films, The Young Americans with Harvey Keitel, which I've never seen, and I still know what you did last summer, which is obviously inferior which is to... a bad movie. Uh, that, that's a pretty bad movie. Inferior to I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is also not that great. So... Yeah, <laughs> for him to say I'm going to make the Ben Hur of comic book movies, I don't necessarily believe you but that you're going to make a better movie. Could you make the argument that his failed projects that followed Judge Dredd mm-hmm. are a result to him not being allowed to make the film he actually wanted to? Could his career have tanked due to the fact that his like big outing? Mm-hmm was a failure. Yeah, it made back its budget, but it is still considered a huge box office bomb. It's still considered one of the worst movies, action movies we've gotten. Yeah. Uh, it does have a cult following, but that happens, and I get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because there's plenty of movies that are just bad that I love. So <laughs> You're not you're not wrong. He did judge Jed so early that he didn't I obviously haven't seen The Young Americans or another movie, Strangers, but that's all he did before Judge Dredd. And since then, he did I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, and then a little bit of TV, one or two episodes of a bunch of different shows, 25 episodes of CSI. Uh, He did 11 episodes of Gotham and six episodes of Pennyworth. 
So in that comic okay. book vein, at least. But yeah, it's very possible that it just got blacklisted by Disney. That's always possible. Yeah, I mean, he could have. His his career could have been railroaded. You and I talked about that last week in the MPAA yeah. episode where careers can fall apart due to a, a box office bomb or due to like the marketing and all this. Careers can stall. Yeah. Uh, that could have happened. I'm... Who knows? Who knows? Maybe had Judge Dredd been the Ben-Hur of comic book movies, uh, maybe his career would still have been lackluster. Yeah. Who knows? We never will. But yeah. And that's such, um, a, that's such a, a, that's a lofty goal to have um, yeah. that it, it, it seems improbable, but you never know because you, we never got a chance. So I, I, do, right. I do tend and, to advocate for letting people try. That's a good thing. And what a weird, I want to make the Ben-Hur. Yeah. It's so specific. <laughs> and I think it just meant like epic. Like Ben-Hur is a standard for yeah. epics. But yeah. But even then, like, would Judge Dredd really be the character you want to create like an epic world or story no. around? It'd be like Superman. No. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Um, but... Okay, so another thing issue that I have with Judge Dredd, okay. the dialogue. Mm. The dialogue is so bad throughout that movie. <laughs> That's, right? Like I okay, it's not so good. <laughs> the dialogue I feel like is in line with 90s action movies, especially the the archetype of a a uh morality action film where you have a hero who is not just brawn but also it's a good versus evil situation and and it's a it's mm -hmm. a it's a complicated story like it's an interesting story to me where dread is is in a situation where he believes in the law like it's a religion and and goes and completely throws it backfires it does it does completely backfire on him and it kind of teaches him about the, the gray areas and how he may have been wrong to yeah. prosecute some people over other Don't people. Don't get me wrong. I like the story in Judge Dredd. I do. I yeah. like that idea of someone who views their life's purpose, their career, what they believe in to be infallible. Mm -hmm. To have that kind of rugged you know, pulled out from under them and they are forced to see the fallacies and the stuff. I like that. And I like using that for this character of judge dread. Mm -hmm. I like that story. I just don't like how <laughs> they put it together. Uh, no, dude, the dialogue was just like, what is going on? Of course, I'm going to, I'm going to insert something real quick though. Mm -hmm. I'm going to save you uh, a moment later. <laughs> okay. So I watched these movies back to back. Yeah, I basically did. Too. Right. And I was like, I'm writing my notes on Judge Dredd because I tried to write the pros and cons for each one as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had to laugh. <laughs> because my pros list for both mm -hmm. are kind of short. <laughs> and my con list mm -hmm. are the same cons for each one. <laughs> And like equally as long. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening to me? And one of the things I wrote down, 
I think the dialogue is horrible in Just Dread, and I think the dialogue in Dread, mm-hmm. not as bad, but not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much in Dread that I was like, does everyone just feel crazy clunky when yeah. they're trying to recite? Like, everyone in these movies felt like they were looking at their script and then going, uh, I am the law. like everyone looked like none of them memorized the lie everyone looked like they were just okay my line my line say okay yeah it's like a high school play or a middle school play Mm. like there's no real flow to the dialogue yeah and i had to laugh i i see where you're coming from i think i forgive the 95 dread dialogue more because it is it's campier it's the the yeah. the I am the law line is like <laughs> it's like a fun '90s action movie line. Whereas the I like that neither of us can say that <laughs> line without trying to do a terrible Stallone yeah. impression. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the dread dialogue is they're trying to play it straighter. It's the making a more realistic mm-hmm. science fiction movie. These characters are trying to be more seriously real, even though they're comic book characters. And yeah, the dialogue and the exposition and the story, like um, movement dialogue, especially, it just yeah, it, it is what you are saying it is, and it and it's not as fun or campy, and so I I don't I'm more critical of that one than the '95 one, which I I totally understand that argument, which is why I threw it down first yeah. because I was like Jake, not gonna throw this one in my face because I agree with him on this one, yeah. <laughs> And while we're talking about, it, it did make me. While we're talking about, go ahead, go ahead. writers and uh, dialogue. The story writers for the '95 Dread are like the pedigree is great. Like if you look at the the screenwriters and the writers of the story, they are the same writers that did Terminator 2: Judgment Day, 48 Hours, Commando, The Running Man, Die Hard, Die Harder, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay, not so good. Street Fighter. Okay, we're getting a little bit messy. Oh, oh man, that Street Fighter takes a big like. That's Lara Croft, that's Tomb Raider, right The Cradle there. of Life. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Well, kind of went off the rails, but they used to be good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's interesting to contrast. There are. There's three writers that were involved in the story, not related to the mm-hmm. comics, source material, obviously. In the Dread from 2012, it's one writer who kind of, I think, is able to get more of a clear vision. And that writer is freaking Alex Garland. So I am like, a little, I feel a little disadvantaged. This is a bonus, I think, for you, even though we ha- I do have a good pedigree with Die Hard and Terminator 2. But Alex Garland on the subject of sci-fi for those that don't know, he wrote 28 Days Later and Sunshine and then wrote and directed Ex Machina and Annihilation. He's incredible. And <laughs> and the 2012 Dread had a weird directing situation as well. I don't know if you researched that. Yeah. But yeah. The, both movies... Because Alex Garland ended up directing it. <laughs> they both had like ghost directors where the, the director on 2012's Dread didn't actually direct it and and alex garland was, it was the first movie he directed even though he didn't get credit for it so that is good and i think he does good sci-fi and i think he 
got the character and he got what fans wanted. Mm-hmm. He learned from the first one's mistakes what fans were upset by, fixed the helmet, uh, took some liberties with the outfit, made it more realistic, um, more practical. But that was, I think, fine. Fans didn't care, seemed like. Yeah, fan- fans from comics to screen will pretty much always be forgiving, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, if the outfit is still functional or still resembles what they love. Mm-hmm. Um, I know fans, myself included, are still upset with X-Men because we never got Wolverine in his actual outfit. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All these years. <laughs> All these years. Uh, you didn't give the best Wolverine, the only Wolverine, the best suit. You gave him just spandex but that's another (laughs) topic um (laughs) yeah i was when i found out alex garland had a lot more to do with it i thought that was really interesting i thought it was really cool i will say having knowing that now Mm -hmm. and then being a fan of his other work i think he ended up learning a lot from dread yeah and expanded on that and actually showed a lot of the the learn lessons, the growth in filmmaking, uh, patience, better choice making. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dread, Dread has many faults. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do credit it a lot. I, even though I don't love it, I appreciate it because if we didn't have that, if we didn't have Dread, we wouldn't have Ex Machina as good as that is. Yeah. And that is an incredible movie that he learned a lot from dread to make. So Gee, and annihilation like doesn't get the credit it deserves, but annihilation is yeah. like, it's one of the most mind blowing sci-fi mm-hmm. films I've seen. It's incredible. I wish more people understood that or gave it a shot. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's just such a cool story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And very interestingly shot with the special effects that it has. Yeah. The 2012 dread, has a lot of very interesting shots as far as framing goes. I my One of my biggest criticisms, and I've said it before, and I know you know it's coming, the slow-motion yep. drug sequences are too many. Yep. There's too many of them. Yep. If there were a couple, that's fine. I think the idea of it slowing down time to one one-hundredth of its actual time or whatever, and then dropping somebody off the edge of a building so they're free-falling for longer as like torture, that's an interesting idea. Do that. Maybe set it up once before. Don't do it every five minutes for the rest of the movie. So you and I are on the same page as this because <laughs> I one of my notes literally says the slow-mo drug effect mm-hmm. should have been used once, maybe twice. Yeah. But had it been used twice, the first time seeing it should have should have been like a short, just kind of quick glimpse. Yeah. Just setting up like it does. they do this drug, it slows down time for their perception. And then that will be reused later in some interesting way. And the only way, only time I think it really should have been used, and they, I say they use it properly, is the building fall. Yeah. That should have been the only, like, time to see the full effect of the drug, because it makes that whole sequence more interesting. It makes it more Mm -hmm. intense and more just kind of brutal. But I agree with you. They overuse the slow-mo. And as I was watching it, I was like, they don't overuse it. And then they use it a lot. And I was like, 
Check. Well, they use this a lot. One point for Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Man, watching these movies and trying to prep for this, I went into it with just a bunch of like, (laughs) Jake thinks he's going to know more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm watching it and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to psych with Jake a lot. (laughs) And it was like. And the this little, is the worst debate ever. <laughs> the little cherry on top to make the slow mo scenes even worse and to make the movie dread even worse is the sound effect they use is a very slowed down version of a Justin Bieber song that's like at one eight hundredth normal speed. So it's based on Justin Bieber. That makes the movie worse already. Two points for Jake. <laughs> I. Uh... Uh, ooh, drugs are bad. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Okay, so it uh, is a PSA. Drugs are now associated. It is a PSA. Uh, abusing drugs is now associated with listening to Justin Bieber. It's oh. all bad. Don't do it. There's that too. Uh, point restored for Dustin. Yes. I thought you were gonna say that Dread shows these drugs being used by Mama and her criminal element, and so it's very obvious that bad people do them so now children in the real world won't do them and that's a good thing see you just that point is just <laughs> getting bolder and bolder see i knew i could spin that i knew you're gonna throw that in my face i was like okay he on the very slim chance he doesn't bring that up mm-hmm. i'm not bringing that <laughs> up because when i read that i was like yeah who the fuck mm-hmm. had the moment of like you know what would be a good idea right now? <laughs> Just a normal slow-mo like sound effect? No. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Yeah. We're not getting this just <laughs> right. What d- d- could this scene and every scene in this movie really use? <laughs> Some Justin Bieber. <laughs> Some Justin Bieber. <laughs> and like 2012 Bieber, so even yeah. more stupid. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> Leading from the slow motion sound effect, I forgot until I started watching it that 2012's Dread is a 3D movie. It may be one of the movies that killed 3D. Dude, I honestly, I I never saw it in the theater. I saw it when it came out on like DVD and Blu-ray. The copy I have says nothing on it about 3D Mm -hmm. at all. And I did not ever know that it was a 3d movie until this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it i like i was watching it and because the poster i saw said judge or said dread 3d and i was like oh really and so i was watching it with that in mind i was like that scene was for 3d that scene was for 3d these titles are for 3d the drug effect is probably primarily for 3d and it just feels like a movie that was made so that people could do psychedelics and go to the theater and be, and, and see cool lights and colors in like in three dimensions and that is kind of weird there's a weird thing on imdb that said when it was released in the uk 98 percent of cinemas showed it in 3d because the distributors forced them to and they wanted to push the format and all of that stuff but it actually hurt the movie and profitability because more people <laughs> wanted to see it normally and and it didn't have as many showings as it should have and so it just never got yeah. the box office because you know of what i say you know what i say to all that what um it took one for the team <laughs> the 3d fad needed 
to end. It needed to just go away because it was always bad. It was bad in the 80s when they tried it. It was bad in the 90s when they tried it again. And it was even worse in the 2000s when they were like, ooh, everything's 3D. No, 3D sucks. It's bad. Movies don't like gain anything from it. I can already hear some people. What about Avatar? <laughs> what about all? Especially no, I saw Avatar. it in 3D. It sucked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Avatar. Like the 3D effect. You and I have both said it. The movie that used the 3D effect mm-hmm. properly, the best way, and made the film actually kind of benefit from it mm-hmm. was Jackass. Yeah. It's the only movie that did it correctly because all those other movies, they just put the 3D like rendering over in post-production. Right. So it's not even actually 3D. Uh, if Dread had to be a movie, that was one of the catalysts for ending 3D craze <laughs> or at least putting it on the path of going away. Mm-hmm. You know what? It took one for the team and I applaud it. Okay. It knew it would suffer, but it was taken, you know, Betterment of filmmaking. So you're saying so, that Alex Bravo, Garland, Alex Garland Bravo. is such a movie purist that he knew that this format was hurting film and storytelling and the magic of movies, and so he decided to make a movie that would do, that would do so badly that distributors and producers would actually go, oh, th- we shouldn't do that because we want to make money, so let's stop doing 3D. And so he took one for the team. That's your that's your position. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better position to take than just like, oh, we fucked up, <laughs> which is probably more of the case. But <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I applaud Dread for at least course correcting the movie theater experience by helping get rid of 3d. Mm-hmm. Do you see 3d movies anymore? I do not. You're right. Thanks. Dred. <laughs> Thanks. And I haven't done any research to know if any came out after 2012. So yeah, me neither. I, I know more came out. I, I think the 3d thing actually only went away a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. And we all know, but, it'll be but you know what? And... Dread could have been one of the first movies to show like the studios Audiences kind of are sick and tired and don't really want to spend mm-hmm. the extra, what was it, four or five bucks for a pair of plastic glasses that yeah. don't work half of the time, give people headaches, and you have to throw away right after you walk out of the theater. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. Okay. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I will say, going back to the 1995 Judge Dread. We've been talking about yours for a while, and I think it's time to get back to uh, the original. That's fair. I feel like we're going to bounce now. <laughs> the original, I think, has the benefit of being the original, so it's always going to be... The, the remake's always going to be the remake, and the original's always going to be the original. I think that weights it in that direction by default. I don't know about that one. Name another remake because that's better I feel, than the original. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear okay. me out, and okay. I can't believe I'm going to make this argument. <laughs> okay. Ugh. I'm trying to back you in a corner. I feel like younger generations mm-hmm. have no clue that there was a Judge Dredd movie made in the 90s. Mm. I feel younger generations have no real clue or care mm-hmm. who Sly Stallone was. What? 
How is. dare you? I'm serious. Case in point. Okay. Child. <laughs> He's calling a witness Kid. to the stand. Do you know who Sylvester Stallone is? No. She was trained to say that. Leading the witness, no, Your Honor. <laughs> Do you know what the movie Judge Dredd is? No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, erroneous. Heavy erroneous on, on all accounts. <laughs> this is a child yeah. of a movie-obsessed person yeah. has no clue who Sylvester Stallone is. She has seen Sylvester Stallone. No clue who he is. Yeah. Was in uh, it's going to be in Marvel movies or is in Marvel movies? Isn't he? What's going on with that? Well, he he's made like he made an appearance in uh, oh Guardians, Guardians yeah, yeah, the second one, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, and then he did the voice of King Shark, which is awesome. That in is Suicide awesome. Squad, so that that's pretty fantastic. But she, <laughs> yeah. younger generations. No clue that's, about movies in the '90s, especially that's so like sad. big names. So it is sad. So whereas Stallone '90s were like, mm -hmm. yeah, since about Demolition Time or Demolition yeah. Man Time, Stallone's career mm. not as lucrative. He kind of started losing that that punch. You know, you say that. I mean, I bet he's made five hundred million dollars from Expendable movies. Oh shit, I forgot about the experience. Okay, so that one made him relevant again for like a few movies, and he but had to go back to the Rocky franchise. I will say Expendables is only for people that know 90s action Stallone and, yes. and all those yes, other actors that appear in those movies. Yes. Um, yeah, so I feel like giving Judge Dredd the seniority or the extra credit for being the original compared to the remake. Yeah. I don't think a lot of younger crowds. Yeah. Not even younger. Like I younger feels almost wrong. I would say, uh, even like people not too, too behind you and I. Yeah. Probably wouldn't even have any clue that there was an original or that dread was a remake. Yeah. Cause it was never, marketed as a remake yeah it was just it's kind of oh, like another uh it's a dread movie it's kind of like that uh that hannibal lecter movie red dragon that was actually a remake yeah. of the movie of a movie from like the 40s that was about hannibal yeah lecter, it was but... a remake of manhunter yeah Man no Hunter. one knew that in fact to this day a lot of people don't know that <laughs> yeah and so it's like <laughs> oh, okay so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But that makes me... It doesn't so, make me sad that kids don't know what Just Dread is. I get that. But to not know anything about Stallone in the 90s and Demolition Man and hey, Cliffhanger and The Specialist... And I am with you on that point because Copland. I fucking love Cliffhanger and I fucking love... Oh, dude, Copland is so Tango good. Tango and Cash. Oh, my God, Copland is so good. Rambo. Uh, Cobra. Over the but, top. Oh, but, uh, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> Dude, not over the top, not <laughs> over the top. But Cobra, Cobra's awesome. Yeah, I have always loved Cobra. But yeah, so I don't, I don't think you get to use that one as. Uh, All right, I withdraw. I withdraw yourself. my point. You have you have fully rebutted my point, if that's a word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Um, the best part. I of, mean, don't feel bad. I don't have a lot about <laughs> Dread either. The best part of the 1995 <laughs> Dread Dread movie, I feel, is Diane Lane's character. I do really think that she does a pretty good job in that role as the rookie, as kind of someone who is is believes in people and serving the people, whereas Dread has actually like lost that and just serves the law of the book. Um, I think that she's a good balance, and Diane Lane is great. She's just incredible. And so mm -hmm. she's probably my favorite part, honestly. I, I love Diane Lane. Uh, I think she's always been a really good actress. She's intense in everything she does. Obviously, she's the mother of one of my all-time favorite uh, heroes. Superman's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, she's Superman's mom. Yeah. Um, I love her in Perfect Storm. I love, like, she happens to be in the one Nicholas Sparks movie that I actually think is okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I love Diane Lane. And I, when I saw her name pop up on the credits, I was like, oh shit, Diane Lane is in this movie. Actually, I said that with a lot of the cast, where I was like, there's a lot of this people cast in this movie. is incredible. Yeah. And then I watched the movie again and was like, this cast got totally wasted. Like, <laughs> you have all this talent. You have so much here to just give something quality. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for Diane Lane in this movie because I, I agree that she's probably one of the people in it that feels like she's actually trying, trying the for most. the most part. Yeah. Um, and never getting the anything back for it. Uh, she's cool. I think, I think they sell her character out way short with the ending. I won't. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to avoid maybe. spoiler. Can we spoil? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is okay. a this is a no so spoilers, holds folks. no holds barred debate. All right. Yeah, we'll have to have it in our description. Yeah. Hey, we spoil the shit out of these. <laughs> um Judge Dredd doing the cliche thing mm -hmm. of nineties action, two thousands action, eighty basically every action movie from like early seventies to about two thousand five, six. Yeah, when they tried to subvert of, the the trope. Yeah, uh, I felt like of all the movie on-screen kisses that I have seen over the years, mm -hmm. this was one of the ones that I felt was like the most pointless out of the left field. Like, what yeah. the fuck? It's not a um, love interest story or movie or they don't even have like moments or chemistry. So it does. They don't even have good chemistry come together. Come out of left field. Absolutely. <laughs> She kisses him, and then he follows it up with, I knew you'd say that. Which, by the way, dude, <laughs> if I had to hear that fucking line one more time in that movie, I was going to lose it. <laughs> Stop. Force you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the movie Mean Girls? Yeah. Obviously, one of the I girls love Mean trying I know. Okay, so you remember... I'm trying to make it happen. I forget which girl it is. She's trying to make fetch happen. It's Gretchen Wieners. Yes, carry on. Gretchen, Okay. <laughs> It's not gonna happen. Stop trying. Yeah. I was screaming like internally, just like you you've turned me into a Regina mm -hmm. because I'm telling you this <laughs> isn't happening. Stop trying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that you you don't have the new catchphrase of the decade. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> Arnold's gonna hold on to that top spot forever. Ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I just felt like the kiss at the end was so pointless, mm-hmm. and it made me like super heavy eye roll, shake my head. Mm-hmm. Really, you couldn't just let it end. <laughs> uh, I think she's a stronger character than what they allowed her to be. I love seeing her take on the. Uh, I want to say court, but it, it's not the court. The chief judges, um, like the. Yeah, I love seeing her take them on yeah. in the trial esque. Yeah. I wanted to see more of that because I felt like, holy shit, are they trying to show us that she's like the smartest judge? Let's watch her be mm-hmm. like the smartest judge. Well, Dread Stallone she... selects her because she was like the top of her class in this one area of law. Right. Yeah. But if she was the top of her class, man, she really like <laughs> hides and is super nervous about everything and that yeah. whole opening. Like <laughs> She's more of like the legal side of being a dr- judge and not as much of the physical, like judgment executioner right. side of being a judge. Right. Um, so I like Diane Lane. I think they did her dirty and didn't let her actually flesh out this character mm-hmm. and be the strong judge that I think they implied she is mm-hmm. uh, counter that. Dread's uh, psychic sidekick and Dread. Yeah. She's kind of a badass. Like, she starts off kind of recluse, and you're like, is she going to do anything besides read people's minds? And then she <laughs> fucking annihilates dudes. And I was like, there she is. I feel like that should have been incorporated into Diane Lane's character of mm-hmm. showing her be like the badass judge instead of the, the scared. Yeah. Uh, cower in the corner until Stallone saves me so I can make out with him <laughs> at the end kind of judge. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, counterpoint, I, I don't really love the, the psychic story of the dread version. I feel like that's a big part of it. I would probably like that movie more if I cared about any of that. But I'm more into the cop, the the raid part of it, the raid redemption part, where they they're stuck in this building. They need to get to the top to get to this lady and fight all these bad guys on the way up. They stole that from the raid, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I yes, I think that. <laughs> oh, hey, man, I'm telling you right now. One of the cons I wrote was I really wish we could have seen Dread have to like hunt the city, yeah, for Mama it, instead of being like the raid ripoff and not pulled off near as well. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> That's a note, Jake. That's one of my notes was like, why did you have to rip off the, like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, there's not, they don't establish any good reason why she like is staying at the top of the building and they need to get to her there or whatever. Like she runs the building. That's great. But it would, I don't know. I always try to figure out how she took over the three gangs that live in the building. Yeah. Uh, Cause she, yeah, they like give you a quick breakdown where they're like, she's at the top and she just took them all out. Yeah. Like floor by floor they, or whatever. And I've always wondered, it, like, imply that she's just so brutal and, and gutthroat that she will, which, she, she's, I, she's evil. She is. In terms of villains. Yeah. She scares me way more than Rico does in the 95 one. <laughs> yeah. The 95 one, I'm like, you're just a goofball. And she does a uh, lot less yelling. <laughs> um, and that's probably helps, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's as Armand Asante, which is one of the funnest names to do, say, uh, doing Stallone basically, and it, they're both wearing blue contacts to match Max von Sindau uh, because they're clones of him. So I get what you're saying, but I, I, he's uh, he's yeah. a larger than life megalomaniac like villain. He is. Character. He is. He serves his purpose, although. A lot like 90s villains, mm -hmm. he doesn't get fleshed out a whole lot. He's just kind of like, here's your bad guy. Yeah. Bad guy. Yeah. And he goes to start doing something really cool that you're like, this could be crazy. Never mind. Mm -hmm. They shut that down right away. Like bringing all the clones, like waking all the clones up early and they're all distorted and gross looking. Mm -hmm. I got excited to see that. And then it was like. Never mind. <laughs> they go away really fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so much for like, hey. Yeah. Whereas Lena Hedia's mama, like she is scary in that movie. Mm -hmm. When she tells her goons, her many, many, <laughs> many, many pointless goons <laughs> who are the worst shots yeah. in the world. <laughs> like yeah. they give stormtroopers a run for their money, folks. It's bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but when she tells him to like skin people alive, hang them over the edge of the railing, and then drop their bodies down to the ground floor, mm -hmm. that's kind of brutal. That's kind of evil. That's kind of like, yeah, you could tell you're having some Game of Thrones moments here because she was filming Dread in between seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, I think she's a good villain. I think again. She was kind of misused. I think it would have been crazier and cooler. And like, I get excited when she takes a hold of the the giant Gatling gun. Yeah, I think it would have been cooler to watch her like grab other guns or grab knives yeah. and actually go like psychotic on people on her own people. I think that would have been cool to see. But she just kind of hides in her her suite for the majority of the film. Yeah. And gets high. <laughs> yeah. She gets high a lot in that movie, dude. Yeah, she does. That's why she's so brutal, I guess. <laughs> and and Rico just goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a weird villain because he's like kind of the villain, but he doesn't have much motivation other than the fact that he was Dredd's best friend that Dredd sent to prison because he had to judge him. He had to uphold the law in, in spite of his friendship. And then he ends up being his brother that he didn't know that he had, and they were clones together. But the actual like villains are the like system that like has helped him escape and right and tried to thwart more power and become like more authoritarian society and all this stuff. He's kind of a tool of the system, and and Dread stops it. And it's it's interesting. It's cool. I'd like. I think as a sci-fi movie the story and the concept and the clones and the, the outworld and, and the, like the desert they need to protect themselves from. And the fact that they close themselves in and brought the statue of Liberty into the city and the, the, the visual effects of the 95 one is one of my favorite things about it because the, there's a lot of practicalness to it. The, the, the cityscapes and the flying cars and the, the robots, like the giant robot, that's like a Terminator robot. Um, they, they, yeah that's like a real thing that they had to build and stuff. So I think the official effects and the style of it is very cool from to the, the lawmaster bikes and the guns and the outfits and stuff, um, explosions. It, 
I think it delivers. The nine to five one delivers on that in that respect. Yeah, Mega City one looks cool. In that <laughs> one, for the most part, there's some like, I mean, it's got '90s green screen, yeah, which are pretty. Those are pretty bad shots. Yeah, the especially at them the on end the bike when going down. It, yeah, that that's just bad. Yeah. Um, man, I hate this debate. <laughs> hate this debate so much <laughs> the uh <laughs> and, and it's kind of like like watching it it's kind of like blade runner style like it's kind of like a blade runnery world okay no it's, it's like a lighter shut it's a slightly up. lighter version but it's no. like when they're down on the street there's like with the people they're like umbrellas and the neon and it's like if they if it, if it was evening like nighttime and the there were half the many street lights and it was raining, it would look like Blade Runner. It would. Why you would could you? Put a, no, you no, could put a filter not, on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a you filter. Did not. I'm going to find a filter, put it over the Judge Dredd landscape and background scenes, and put some synth music over it, and people will think it's Blade Runner. I'm going to do that on Instagram. I'll find a way to figure out how to, how to do that. Although, although... Synth music, I don't think, would make it better. The musical score is one of the things I wrote down is a pro for the 95 Dread, or Judge Dread, I should say. The musical score, okay. I feel like, is good. It's a, kind of like an action-adventure score, but it's good. And I wasn't that surprised when I looked and saw that Alan Silvestri composed it. He might sound familiar because he's done, like, a bunch of Zemeckis movies, like Back to the Future, <laughs> he's done Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, um, and... Four Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, including Avengers, Captain America, Infinity War, and Endgame. Uh, hello, that's uh, out of the park right there. Dude, why do you gotta <laughs> use the stuff you know that I'm always a fan of against me? That's just like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. you're dick. <laughs> it is. I have no, I, I have no counterpoint. Right. I have no counterpoint. I'm so mad at this episode, but not really because it's funny <laughs> to me. But I'm so mad because you know what this is going to boil down to, Jake. What's that? Pure taste. Yes, naturally. And that's going to piss me off because I feel like it's not going to be enough for me to quote unquote win, <laughs> and that upsets me. Uh, the score is. I mean, yes, Alan Silvestri did it. It's pretty basic in its action, 90s action score. Mm -hmm. Every action movie had essentially the same score. Um, it's it's decent. It's decent. <laughs> uh, That's the best I only argument say that you have. It's, it's good. It's, it's, not, it's no, not I have bad. no argument, Jake. I have no argument because... I don't even remember the musical score in Dread, exactly. and I just watched the freaking movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that bums me out. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Wow. Really? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? <laughs> really? You mean you didn't cue up anything for when I would have a good counterpoint to you? You're like, nope, Dustin gets nothing. You look like a... Oh, don't you do it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to drink my beer. 
<laughs> I will say, <laughs> going back to uh, because you're floundering, I want to throw you a life preserver. I hate you. <laughs> going back to, um, I, I think the one of the weaknesses of Judge Dredd that I did like in the 2012 Dredd is it no Rob it's, Schneider? Well, okay, we do need to get to Rob Schneider. I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. But is the just setting up the premise of the comics that the world is is a futuristic world where crime has run rampant. They needed to have these judges come in and clean up the city. That I didn't really in the old one. You just kind of take it at face value. They don't really show you as much like why this is such a big deal. And in the new one, I do think that the opening scene, especially as he's chasing those guys and they just start shooting people and there's people like in the mall, like dying on the ground and bleeding out and stuff. You're like, oh, this is chaos. Yeah, you need to stop that guy. Like, I believe you. Like, I believe that you have a legitimate purpose or role or people would let this society come to be because it is valuable to stop what's happening here. Yeah. So I, it, it sold it, I guess, the concept earlier better i agree <laughs> as i argue your movie for you it's okay i've made arguments for your movie as that's well. true uh let's see um yeah i do prefer as as much as i think mega city one in the 95 movie looks sci-fi and looks like futuristic -y and kind of crazy mm. Um, I do prefer the look of Mega City 1 and the 2012 version because it still looks big, it still looks gaudy, mm. but it it's very obvious that it has still suffered a lot. Yeah. So skyscrapers are still pretty dilapidated. Like the, It looks like shit. Mm. The city does not look good. It's dirty. And they didn't just like, uh, they yeah. didn't just like build a bunch of skyscrapers all next to each other. It's kind of like more... Yeah, it, right I mean out. it's a mega city. So the idea is like the there're four or six. There're six mega cities in the country at this mm. point in their storytelling. Uh if you notice like you see one of the new new American flags where it's only got the six stars behind him mm. uh with the red, white and blue. That's to show you like the whole place is just scorched, it's gone and there's these random mega cities mm -hmm. and so i like that instead of having it look super claustrophobic it is spread mm -hmm. out it actually looks like a mega city would look yeah. i do enjoy that and there's still uh, like and i also the people are still kind of just like it's overpopulated like the building they go into very it, overpopulated it's a skyscraper and but it, they describe there's like seventy thousand people in there or something like an insane amount of people <laughs> right and I, I do like uh, I like grounded sci-fi. You and I have talked yeah. about that a few times. Mm -hmm. um, I like grounded sci-fi where you can tell that yes, this is futuristic, but at the same time, it feel the 2012 version feels more uh, relatable. Yeah, it feels more like I could see us actually going that route, whereas the 95 version is very like flashy huge everything's so like compact and claustrophobic yeah. i still don't the statue of liberty in the middle of the city but it's like super tiny compared to like mm -hmm. all this other stuff and it's just kind of crammed in there i actually don't like that shot that first time you see yeah. it because it's like 
oh, you kind of ruined the whole like aesthetic <laughs> of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, uh, I thought. But I like. When I first saw it. I thought that the city had like grown out into the water to surround it, and then the movie they uh, right. tell you later that no, they moved the Statue of Liberty into like into the uh, into the wall, which I guess makes sense. It's like that's something that we need yeah. to bring, but it's weird. Yeah. So I I do, but again, it, it comes down to like personal taste. I like uh, a dirtier looking mm -hmm. dystopian future. I like that idea more mm -hmm. than like the super gaudy stuff. Asterix, you brought up Blade Runner. I think the future Blade Runner world that we see in those movies is still super badass. Yeah. And it's still super dirty. It's a good mixture of the two where it's very dirty, mm -hmm. but it still like has that human element of we just can't help ourselves. We have to make things bright, bold, and yeah. obnoxious. I mean it's what it's uh, one of the first things that attracted me to the original Star Wars, which is everything is mm -hmm. is used. It's dirty and broken and and it's not just like clean, fancy sci-fi like we were used yeah. to which is like chrome and smooth and all the stuff everything's blocky and broken and and it felt real i guess realer yeah it, it feels more plausible to me mm -hmm. that the future wouldn't just be super high tech but it'd be like hand-me-down broken up yeah like we had to somewhat rig this thing to barely operate how we need it to operate. Mm -hmm. So I like that style. And I think the 2012 dread shows more of that world around yeah. him as he's wandering the, the one tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of that had to do with budget because it was kind of not a massive budget. And so I think honestly, I think it had everything to they do had with to budget. Like, just everything. encapsulate the story instead of letting that spread yeah. out try and turn like this giant skyscraper uh neighborhood place into what if it was like he was i think that whole tower is supposed to represent him going through the city i think it just would have been more exciting to watch him actually go through the city yeah encountering all these different people i think i think had they had a bigger budget and being able to show more of uh, how fucked up Mega City One mm -hmm. actually was, especially on the ground level. I think that would have added so much more depth to the story, and I think it already has a little more depth. I like the idea Alex Garland talked about. Uh, he kind of wanted to one fix the mistakes of the '95 version, and the big one was the helmet mm -hmm. uh, and like the suit. And then the other stuff was just basic storytelling, and he wanted to really ground it into, let's introduce this character to audiences, but we'll do it in kind of a training day style. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't come anywhere near as being as intense and kind of impactful as training day was. Yeah. But I think that... But I like the I, idea of this. I think that's a really good goal to have though if you're making a judge a, yeah. a drudge dread movie who is a cop to set it based on a cop buddy a, a corrupt cop movie one of the best of all time and that's much better yeah. than saying i'm gonna make the ben-hur of comic book movies that's a little <laughs> le less you can't really connect a to b and, there i mean i think 
he achieves a lot of that goal. He doesn't achieve the whole thing, but I think mm -hmm. more of that vision was achieved and just trying to strip a lot down. Yeah. And then obviously the, I mean, the action, the violence in it is super brutal. It's super in your face, which I watching that kind of movie. That's what I want to see mm -hmm. opposed to the nineties had this, this trope with movies that took place in any future timeline, whether it was like in the year 2000 <laughs> or beyond yeah. every gun was suddenly like a laser cannon. Mm -hmm. Every gun made the same laser firing sound effect that like 1970s Star Trek had. Yeah. Uh, and that always turns me off. Like immediately just always. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, a good example of like that kind of style of look, like the laser beam look or the sound effect that really just kills a movie for me was like, you remember the movie Fury, the tank movie? Yeah. With Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Yeah. Everyone raved about this movie. I was so excited to watch it. And then the tanks have like multicolored shells that they're firing out of it. Mm -hmm. And that really just like killed the whole movie for me. <laughs> really? I just couldn't get past it. I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, to this day, I'm like, had they just stuck with like the shells? Yeah. Like the actual tank ammo. Mm hmm whatever it's actually called, like that would have been more intense to me mm. than multicolor. Like I get who the enemy is. You don't have to try and, like, I was about to ask, Star Wars was it like these guys are the good guys and these guys are the bad guys based on the colors? <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like to me. It was like the bad guys had a certain color or a couple colors yeah. and the good guys had this one color. It was very like, you don't have to do that. It's world war two. Yeah. We know who the enemy is. Right. Trust Everybody me. knows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Everyone knows. <laughs> so hearing the laser fire again in Judge Dredd when I rewatched it, I was like laughing about it. Because mm -hmm. I was like, of course, this massive fucking machine gun that he's code like carrying around sounds like pew, 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 pew. <laughs> sounds like a Prius on crack, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that kind of like, oh, why? <laughs> Whereas with Dread, the 2012. The ammunition sounds, I don't want to say realistic, but it's not the lasery sounds. It's still like, I still have moments watching it of like your handgun. Yeah. I don't see any part of that weapon that would hold the capacity for like six <laughs> different kinds of yeah. ammunition Yeah, and lots of six different kinds of ammunition. So I'm trying yeah. to figure out how do you, how does this actually work? <laughs> and then I have to remind my brain. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. Stop trying to nitpick this. Yeah. It's not hard sci-fi, okay? Yeah, but it, I, it is cool. I, I like it in the original one where he, like, talks to his gun and uses all the different kinds of ammunition. And yeah. From grenades to the double whammy. That's a fun one. But in the in the other in the new one, I think the first one he uses is the flare, and he, like, burns that guy's face out with it. I was like, okay, that's pretty yeah. badass. And I like that. <laughs> i mean they they utilize the, the weapons the same way i just think the 2012 one carries a little more weight in that aspect because the weaponry feels yeah more plausible yeah than the weapons even though they're it's still ridiculous. like come on how many different kinds of, that's like watching hawkeye and the avengers yeah 
changing his arrows constantly <laughs> yeah. and having all this different. And you're like, you're going to run out. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to like, does no one else get this? His superpowers. <laughs> he can he's... tell the difference between the explosive one and the, the other ones <laughs> without even looking. That's his superpower. Right. He just knows. All right. <laughs> and that might actually be, I've never been a big, like, comic book Hawkeye fan. Yeah. So don't at me. Don't at I don't us. have time for boring superheroes. It won't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but we need... I, I do like the weapons used in the 2012 more than I like the weapons in the 95. That's fair. I do too. And all of those mini guns is really cool. Just having just going through tons and tons and tons of ammo. <laughs> and, and like blast Especially away. being up at the top like on the like balcony with like this like it it makes the building seem like a fortress that's just she has all of these guns up there and that's pretty cool but we need to talk about the great rob schneider and how he was able to be in both the demolition man and uh and (laughs) judge dread that's a a feat so when when i started judge dread you had made a comment last week when we were like letting everyone know about this episode and i made a comment of fucking rob schneider Mm -hmm. because he's been a constant complaint of mine for judge dread and you made the joke of demolition man Mm -hmm. and i was like oh shit (laughs) am i getting this wrong is he not in Mm -hmm. judge dread i was like who was the fucking comic relief in judge dread Mm -hmm. if it's not rob schneider i was like who (laughs) Is it? Because I know it was one of the Adam Sandler crew. I know it, but who was it? If it wasn't Rob Schneider, yeah. then who the hell was it? So I've been like stressing this. <laughs> so I was like, if I'm wrong, Jake is throwing this in my face. Yeah, I, I can't be wrong here. I can't be wrong. And then his name came up on the credits. Yeah, and I was like, validated. <laughs> there it is. I win. Speaking of the credits, um, though. The 95 Judge Dredd narrated The Crawl, the great James Earl Jones. It doesn't get any better than that voice. Yeah, He does narrate it. And I was like, I bet if you asked him, do you remember doing the narration for 95 Dredd? He would be like, no. (laughs) He's like, was that one of the Conan sequels? (laughs) I feel like his narration in that was very much someone just called him up and was like, can you just read like 12 lines of dialogue and we'll call it good? Yeah. Sure. I'll give you $10,000. Cool. Yeah. Here's your $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas Carl Urban narrates and the studio saved money on having him just open up the movie. He's already himself. on the payroll. Cause you know, the movie's called it, it's judge dread, not, no, it's, Let's introduce it's Rob not. Schneider it's called Dread. and let him. <laughs> it's still Dread. Okay. It's still Judge Dread. Yeah. But it's it's that character. It's not. Let's let Rob Schneider open the whole movie <laughs> and confuse people because yeah, he looks so out of place. Yeah. Not just in this world, but in this movie, <laughs> he looks out of place with this cast. It's out of he looks place. Out of place with everything, especially to be the opening shot of like. We're, we're introduced <laughs> to the world. We're ready to see Stallone. Let's go. And here's Rob Schneider getting and off And you get bus. Rob Schneider being sent home from being incarcerated for a while. Yeah. Uh, 
Go back to SNL, dude. Like, nothing against you. Go back to SNL. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild that he's in it. He, I, I like him. I think that he's funny. It's not, not a great re- use of him or a purpose for him. But this is... So, re-watching it, I know I've been talking shit about him and being like, I fucking hate him in this movie. I do hate him in this movie. <laughs> I don't hate Rob Schneider. Sure. I don't like the character. Mm. I don't like how they utilized him because to me, I feel like Judge Dredd should never have been. And this comes back to the production and Stallone's mentality and their approach. So I think Schneider just kind of had to take the brunt of this and it's not his fault. He did his job. Mm -hmm. Cool. But that character, the comic relief character I just hate in this style of story. Mm. I really do. Like, I have a hard time with it. Comic relief characters can be a lot of fun. They can be, like, well needed. They can work really well sometimes. Mm. But for the most part, they just fail. I mean, look at Justin Long in the fourth Die Hard mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, it's much better. Yeah, it's he much was better. supposed to be, like, a main character. but It's much better to have a character that is a character in the story who happens to be entertaining or a kind of a funnier person. Right. But when you when you focus on them to be the comedic relief, yeah. I think you're actually taking away from the story, from the impact of the story. You and I have brought this up with MCU mm-hmm. where they rely on, oh, shoot, we have a heavy subject coming up or a heavy scene coming up. We need people to throw jokes down yeah. to try and lighten the mood. And it always just kind of feels out of place. It feels like unnecessary and just, I don't like yeah. it to dedicate this whole character for 95 minutes to do the same like routine mm. in this world. That's supposed to be dire. You're supposed to be like, Oh shit, there's cannibals. There's yeah. like, he's being, uh, he's on a mistrial. He's being, uh, set up like this is crazy mm-hmm. and then you got this guy cracking jokes the whole time it really and then even judge dread is cracking one-liners and jokes yeah. and it just it's a big snowball effect of bad for me yeah uh i will say my favorite part mm-hmm. in the 95 judge dread it's the best scene it's the best part and it lasts for like five seconds okay. is when they're on the shuttle plane together mm-hmm. And Rob Schneider mocks Sylvester <laughs> Stallone as Judge Dredd. Yeah. It was unscripted, and it's the best part of the movie. I'm so glad they left oh, it in. Wow. He's like, I am the law. <laughs> like, it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it works in the story so well because he's, he, he is, he was sent to prison kind of wrongly by Judge Dredd. And now Judge Dredd is saying, yeah. I don't belong here. I was like, framed or wasn't uh, an accurate trial he's like oh weird how that could happen to some people but see that scene works because that scene although it kind of adds a little chuckle here and there Mm -hmm. but that scene works because of rob schneider's character is being imprisoned again for protecting himself yeah for hiding from a riot right so he doesn't get shot by accident wrong place wrong time and he's being imprisoned for yeah Uh, so him mocking him and him being like, Oh, karma's a bitch. 
that scene works. Yeah. If they had just left that kind of comedic relief part, mm-hmm. it would have worked really well. And then just let that character actually go through some like, oh crap, I just mm-hmm. got out of prison to a a whole riot that's going on. Like um, there's gangs just firing yeah. away at people. Yeah, and it could. And he's could, cracking jokes at the door. It could have become like a, a more interesting dynamic between the two of them where you have a guy who is a career mm-hmm. criminal just got out of jail with he's very unlikely to be friends with a judge and then you have this judge who is a by the book guy who now is needing to see some more gray area except this other uh, criminal and they could help each other and like help each other grow in yeah. addition to help each other solve their problem that they're in that would have been probably more interesting i agree yeah i agree but so and I, I very much obviously enjoy the fact that the 2012 dread there's like no comedic relief character yeah but they still have these random moments of let's try a one liner here mm-hmm. and you're like it doesn't work just as much as it didn't work in the campy 95 version yeah. you shouldn't make this one liner when three Gatling guns are going off, annihilating half a fucking floor yeah. of innocent people and come towards like the judges, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't make a joke in that kind of scenario. It just doesn't land. Yeah. It just doesn't work. So <laughs> see, I had the same criticism for both. Yeah. Fortunately, the 2012 one only kind of tries it now and again, mm-hmm. the rest of the movie, they're like, you know what? It's not a funny movie. Yeah. Let's just let this go. The 2012 <laughs> one seems to be like, we need we need something and so that people aren't like, oh, this is too serious. And whereas the 95 one was like, let's have a character and that's his only purpose is to be the funny one right. and, and we won't develop him beyond that really. I think the, the <laughs> right. best way to do comedic <laughs> relief is like, like the Batman had like some jokes where like the penguin it, he has a penguin is a serious character and uh, Catwoman is a serious character, but they would make little jokes because the the situation is awkward or or life is awkward or whatever or Tarantino's well, movies and like like something awkward happens uh, in real life and someone's like someone is kind of a funnier person or has like a darker outlook on life and they're like laughing at something that's like serious but those characters like their little quips and stuff we'll we'll go with the tarantino one excuse me when characters will make a joke like we'll we'll look at pulp fiction Mm -hmm. the car ride right look look at the brains Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) they make jokes during that scene but their characters are already established as they are hitmen their sole purpose in life, the way they make money is by killing people. They've seen all of it. So they don't view death as a crazy thing. They don't view it as like Mm -hmm. a devastating part of life. They view it as their job. So when someone accidentally dies by their hand, they're like, Oh shit. Now it's just gross. It makes sense for that role, for that story. For the character. It's not served as like to make the whole audience laugh. It's served as like, these guys are so lost to like morality. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> That's what they are. You brought up Penguin. He's a gangster. Mm-hmm. So his quips are all based in this life of crime, murder, drugs, mm-hmm. 
So when he makes these quips on these situations, the awkward situations, he's making them as a gangster of like, I'm allowed to joke about this because I've seen worse, I've done worse, yeah. and I could potentially do worse. Mm-hmm. So, but like you said, and I think we both agree, having a dedicated comedic relief character in a serious situation is not always the best idea. I'm trying to think <laughs> of like a time when that's actually worked. And I can't think of when you haven't hated the comedic relief. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the the only time that it might work when you are expecting it to be a comedy and you have a dedicated comedic, like the, the most comedic relief person would might be like Zach Galifianakis in the hangover where he's like, he's that guy that is there to make to be but the it's most already funny. a comedy so you're already laughing he's just adding that added layer of like awkwardness yeah. and that's what is adding the laughter to it he's like the cherry on top of all the rest of the comedy yeah. so it works in a comedy yeah but in very serious films and very like dire situations it the character does not usually work yeah. that idea does not usually work yeah, uh, yeah. I think the ones that may come closest are like Marvel action movies when they have like a that one small character that is just there because they're a kind of a funny guy. He's entertaining. He plays like a cop or something, and he's there for like five minutes, but he's he's there because he's enjoyable. I mean, it work okay. It works when like Spider Man, who's already known to be very hmm. sarcastic. When he's in the middle of a fight, he's very known for making quips just to irritate. I mean, he's a young adult. Yeah. Like, he's a young male adult. We're dumb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, and young males are just dumb. He also kind of falls into it the... It works for that character. He kind of falls into the Pulp Fiction category where it's like, that's his job. And it's kind of just like a mundane work day, even though it's r- ridiculous and action and violent. Right. Um, he's used to it. And he's just kind of like cracking some jokes and having a good time with it. Yeah. So it works for some some characters, but not for all. Not for this. So that's my beef with the Rob Schneider character. It's not the actor himself. I feel, and he does the same thing, though, in Demolition Man, and that's also a bummer. Luckily, Demolition Man is just a better made movie. Yeah. And a more entertaining movie. Frankly. And he's not the only so funny person him in more. it. Wesley Snipes is pretty funny right. in it. And well, and Sandra Bullock, the way Bullock plays her character is hilarious because she's this lady who's been raised in the society of like rigorous, mm-hmm. obnoxious, ridiculous rules and guidelines. And all of a sudden, you know, Stallone steps in and totally fucks all that yeah. up. So she plays it really funny as someone who's like, you can't do that whole world is shattered and her curiosity gets the better of her that adds to the comedy and it works yeah. she's not a comedic relief yeah she's just put in awkward situations that can be made funny yeah and virtual sex is just awkward <laughs> and definitely hilarious when she's so like no this is what we do and he's like what the hell yeah <laughs> yeah it's true that may be one of the more more unfortunate things that this that the 95 judge dread gets forgotten compared to demolition man which is superior has a lot in common with it yes. and not just rob snyder not just being has a, a cop that uh he, everything basically is the same 
<laughs> there's a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah. <laughs> I was realizing that rewatching, I was like, "He's a cop that's that's like damn for being wrongly <laughs> accused." And yeah, yeah. Now, okay, so I genuinely love. I, I got to get into some pros of the 2012 because I feel like I've been just bashing the <laughs> shit out of it, but I can't help it because when I watch both of these back to back. I was like, okay, a couple things happened to me. I don't hate the 95 version. Interesting. Because as much <laughs> as much as I don't enjoy it, mm -hmm. it still came out in an era in a decade that is so meaningful to me, especially 90s action specifically. That genre in the 90s was huge yeah. for me as a kid. Yeah. I mean every opportunity I had to watch an action movie in the nineties, I took mm -hmm. it because nineties action is just, it's unmatched, man. Even to this day, I'm such a sucker for that nostalgia style. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And as much as I'm going to say, judge dread is not a good movie. It still has those moments where you're like, Oh, there it mm -hmm. is. There's that nineties moment. And now I'm like, that's fun. I'm not going to rush out and buy this movie <laughs> or really rewatch it anytime soon. But yeah. I did realize you don't hate Judge Dredd because it's still a part of that of your favorite decade. And it, it's a part of like your favorite storytelling medium. And it's still Stallone in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So I can't hate it. But like I said earlier, watching these two movies back to back. I had the same complaints about both. Yeah. Of like, oh my God, when you watch these movies back to back, <sighs> and it pains to say this, mm -hmm. they both kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, not they're not great movies. Mm -hmm. They're not even good movies. <laughs> like, they both do the equal things well and they both do the equal amount of things really wrong and it's it's almost like you have to watch them back to forth so that you feel like you got an actual judge dread story mm, yeah but you never want to watch them back to you know back to back because why would you do that to yourself uh, <laughs> unless you're us so it's like unless you're us but i really dude, it was so weird for me because i was like both of these movies feel like when they set out, the first intention was really good and the execution just really fell apart. Mm -hmm. um, but personal taste, I like the dirty, gritty action. I like the blood. Mm -hmm. I like, I think the situation is more dire in Dread than it is in Judge Dread. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I like the story of Judge Dread a little more than I like the story of Dread. Yeah. So it's, it all gets so <laughs> fucked up for me. But pros for Dread. Yeah. The grittiness, the dirtiness. I think it just lends so much to that movie and it adds so much to that character. Mm. Dread looks dirty. He like the first time you see Judge Dread, you're like that dude's been through some shit. Yeah. That dude has seen some shit. Yeah. Whereas you see Stallone and you're like, that guy is really polished and clean. Has he done anything <laughs> except just walk up and shoot people in the back of the well, head? The problem Has is he done anything he's so good. That? He never gets touched or hurt or dirty because he's so good. 
True. True. Well, I mean, he doesn't wear the outfit long enough to get there's that too. Yes, that is true. And uh, (laughs) yeah, takes it off right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I I like the dirtiness of the 2012 dread. I think it adds to the city, the setting, the the tower, the fight against Mama. I mean, Mama is like the crime boss lady. Mm -hmm. And she is dirtier and nastier looking than everyone else. Everyone in this movie, all I kept thinking was like, man, you all must smell <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but I use that as a pro because for you to see scenes in a movie where you're like, your brain is calculating how bad mm. it must smell, how like, if you were there, you know, I attributed or like compared it to when you drive down like a super, like a homeless area, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing against anyone, but you drive through that area or you walk through that area and you're like, there's that certain feel, there's that smell. Mm -hmm. There's just that like, Oh yeah, this is all bad. The movie to, I get that that. same feeling when I watch Dread. Yeah. The movie's ability to put you in that situation in that world is very powerful. And and I think the 2012 Dread does that really well of immediately making you understand without having to see a lot, mm-hmm. just understanding like this world is gross. Yeah, like why would it was kind of like Soylent Green, you know, when you see yeah. like the huge areas of Soylent Green of New York, you're like it's just gross. Yeah, I like that in the 2012, whereas 95 is like. Oh, here comes super clean, uh, polished. Look how good my hair looks, Stallone. Yeah. Oh, chiseled jaw. Uh-huh. It uh, can't help how it's. So I think looks. just the setting. <laughs> <laughs> I think just the setting alone adds so much more weight to the 2012 dread than the setting does in '95. Yeah, yeah, and that's also a a personal style thing. I generally also like the yeah. more gritty, realistic, uh, brutal stories and worlds i think that that's very interesting and i like that generally but like you said i'm also a massive fan of that style of 90s action and so uh, it's it's hard yeah. hard to choose between the two just from a <laughs> like a personal opinion standpoint it really is and it made it harder for me when i was really coming to the grips and just terms with like these movies are equally bad yeah. like they are equally bad now dread 2012 yeah does have a higher IMDb rating and a higher acceptability from movie fans than the 95 Judge Dredd. That is one of the most annoying things to me is that I feel like it was pretty well understood when this movie came out that it was fine, it was whatever. But over the last 10 years, I've been hearing more and more people like, yeah, Dread is great. I love Dread. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? No, it's not. And so that makes me not like it even more. The fact that it has high rating, higher Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, no, shut up. Now, I'm not talking Rotten Tomatoes. Now, you and I, I love this, by the way, folks, because Jake <laughs> has been such a like proponent, such a like cheerleader for the IMDb rating of like, it's fair. It's mainly the like viewers that are doing this. It's great. That's what we're basing our whole yeah. draft on. So Judge Dredd sits at a 5.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is more fair than the Rotten Tomatoes of 22%, by the way. 
I wouldn't give it 22%. Yeah. I really wouldn't. Yeah. But like I said, I don't hate it. I just think it's a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, so I would probably give it like, if we were going on our, our scale. Yeah. It's a perfect honestly, scale. Honestly, I think I'd rate, I think, yeah, <laughs> our scale kicks ass. I would probably give both of these movies like the 630. Yeah. Like rating. <laughs> well, six, <laughs> like six, six o'clock is down here. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. It, it would be like the six. Uh, it'd be like six thirty-five to six forty-five <laughs> range. So not, not really there. Yeah. You know? Um, but that's for both. That's for both. Yeah. So yeah, Judge Dread sits at a five point five, whereas Dread sits at a. You're gonna, you're gonna be so mad. <laughs> A seven point one. Damn, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I I want to go through IMDb and see all of the great timeless movies that are at like a seven point oh and lower because and then they're saying that Judge Dread is a better movie than or Dread is a better movie than that. That's insane to me. A seven point one. Even I'm kind of shocked at that rating. Let's see. I would have figured like Scream Five is a six point six. <laughs> That's crazy to me. What else is like so uh, even? Yeah, go ahead. Even our beloved IMDb rating scale not only says Dread is a better film, uh -huh. but by quite a margin, yeah. a better film. Yeah, a ridiculous <laughs> margin, honestly. <laughs> I okay, I I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, I dropped my phone. Hold on. <laughs> and the the Rotten Tomatoes for uh, Dread was seventy nine. I'm back. I'm oh, back. you took your headphones off. The Dr the Rotten Tomatoes rating. Well, the cord is not that long, and I didn't want to like pull the whole. That's good. Setup down. The Rotten Tomatoes rating for Dread yeah. is seventy nine percent, implying that four out of five people like it will like it. Wow. That's crazy. It's rated really high, and I'm kind of shocked that it's rated so high because yeah. there's a lot wrong with it. Um, I'm really shocked it's rated that high because I feel like there are way superior comic book movies that get rated way lower. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Uh, I'm on IMDb's huh. top 250 and... Oh, I guess top 250 only goes to 8.0, so it's not on that list. I was concerned okay. it was going to be Were you... higher than some big names. <laughs> Getting a little worried there? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, if this is one of the top 250 movies of all time, uh, no, 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 no way. <laughs> Jake was going to be like, we're redoing our whole draft, okay? <laughs> screw the rating score. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I I don't have too much more. I was like, I thought it was shocking for me yeah. to find out that I view both as equally bad, honestly, mm -hmm. just for different kinds of reason. And well, not even different reasons for kind of the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, but it really does boil down to just preferred taste. Like, I think it's interesting that the nostalgia... Uh, bug is biting you more yeah. 
than me because usually it's vice versa. But I get it because you're a huge sucker for Jack dudes. <laughs> and Stallone in the like early 90s, mid 90s was pretty freaking Jack. I mean, he's still pretty Jack, but he was really Jack back then. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was peak, peak Stallone. Came out the same year as Ast- Assassins. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't get much better than that. And I totally get why they made it, why they let him change the vision and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I am a proponent of keeping the vision because I think that, especially if someone is inspired by the source material, let them take that in an interesting direction. I don't think Stallone was a dread fan. I don't think he knew about it until he got the role and then started looking into it and thought it was interesting. But it's it's just one of those, like, Fast and Furious 6 is also 7.1. What is going on with IMDb? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, man. I Okay. Right, I, and I, I set up some stress levels for Jake. I was folks. scrolling through. I was scrolling through the <laughs> top action movies. So Dread is number four hundred and twenty-eight at seven at seven point one. Okay, it's right next to Snor- Snowpiercer, which is like a beautiful, epic. Okay, deep, Snowpiercer is it's an way better than Dread. Way better movie than Dread, like on every level. And also Deepwater Horizon. It, yeah, Wahlberg that's not movie. even a competition. Snowpiercer is so good. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Man of Steel is also a 7.1. All right. <laughs> See, Man of Steel should not be compared to Dread at all. Man of Steel is, oh my God. <laughs> Dude, like, Man of Steel is so good. I have the soundtrack, and every time. The like music from Man of Steel starts playing, especially the song Flight mm-hmm. kicks in. I am like, I mean, just think about it, dude. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, I know exactly. And I'm always like on about. my forklift driver, and I'm like, oh man, I feel his like, I feel like I could do stuff now. <laughs> man, Dread is nowhere in that vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> now I would still rate Dread higher than the '95 Judge Dread. Yeah. I would probably so Judge Dredd was five point five. Uh, thinking in terms of IMDb, which is funny that there's always this like point five because when you go to rate a movie on IMDb, it never gives you the option to do yeah like a half star. Um, oh, that's interesting. They show you I would give it. I would give it like a five point nine. Okay. Purely on, at least I got my super dirty dystopian future. Mm-hmm. So, but then I'm sure you found this out, Jake, in your in your get up for this. <laughs> I found out something really interesting, yeah. um, and it it could be potentially another reason why the 95 Judge Shred did not turn out as well as it potentially could mm-hmm. have. Did you find out that they had actually already kind of loosely based the Judge Dredd comics into a movie already? Yes, at this point, I did. Okay, and they couldn't make the Judge Dredd movie because of this other movie. Yes, like everybody will say, you're missing it off. Made me laugh, and this was my like final conclusion that I hinted at earlier. So my top two conclusions: number two was both movies suck. It just comes down to personal taste. Mm -hmm. But my number one was, if you want to watch a well-made, just a good Judge Dredd movie, 
You gotta watch RoboCop. Yeah, that's true. It is a more, far superior Judge Dredd movie from every angle. And it's loosely based on the Judge Dredd series. <laughs> I read that and was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" And the, like, I saw the list where they're like, "Yeah, we use like some of the same weaponry. We use some of the same machine like nemesis that are from the Judge Dredd." I was like, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the, as I was watching it, I was like, Stallone plays it kind of just like robotic and and just like like a mach- like a machine would be dedicated to the law. He is like that, but with with right. no real reason. And so does Carl Urban. And like after I read that, because I read that tidbit while I was watching the 2012 Dread, and I read that, and I look up at the screen, and you know, you see Urban walking around. He delivers his lines pretty robotically. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, Judge Dredd is just RoboCop. It's like, man, that's got to be how we, like, just tell everyone. If you want to watch a really good Judge Dredd movie, just watch that original RoboCop. Just, that's Judge Dredd, folks. Yeah, Yeah. I I think it works even better (laughs) having him be a robotic cyborg person that is, is dedicated to the law. It seems to dedicate to the law. It's a good story. But yeah, so folks, my conclusion. Yeah. Robocop is the superior <laughs> Judge Dredd movie. I think that's something we can both agree uh, on. We can find unity yes. on, under Robocop. <laughs> uh, that is a great movie. <laughs> and the other two just come down to personal taste, honestly. I I really didn't have any yeah. like more notes. You and I hit every note that I had. Same here. Uh, <laughs> Dude, this was so funny. I was so mad at this episode prepping for it when I realized, like, <laughs> I don't hate the 95 one, and they're both bad. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what my pros are going to be for Dread. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I came, like, I came hard in my notes because I didn't know how much you would defend the newer one, and so I wanted to be prepared. And then and then I think <laughs> as you were like, yeah, the, the, rich, the new one's not that good either. I was like, I agree. We can just mellow out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a sad realization we can me, still be friends at least we can still be friends and you know what's fun is I can still watch Dread mm-hmm. and be like yep it is better than Judge Dread and Jake can rewatch Judge Dread and be yeah. like yeah it's not better than Dread but I enjoy it more. yeah exactly I don't have to make you I win I win what? did you see what I did I wasn't there listening. Yes! I wasn't paying attention to you yes <laughs> And Dustin Damn wins it. the whole debate. You tricked me. Boom! You tricked me. Oh, man. Oh, man. I trusted you. I trusted you that you were going down a path of it's personal taste. Everybody can like what they like, and I don't have to force you to like mine, and you don't have to force me to like yours. I thought that would be a good message for the show. It turns out the message of the show is that your best friend will betray you and trick you into admitting that one is better when you don't actually believe it. So, I guess this is the end of the movie boners. <laughs> what is happening over there? <sighs> okay. Oh, man. I can't believe that worked. I didn't even, like, I thought you were going to catch me in my little devious plot, and you did not. And I win like a supervillain does. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yeah. So I good. just stopped listening to uh, you and was trying to think of what we're doing next week so we could talk about it. We, uh, 
Hold on. <laughs> oh my god. Because he can't control the soundboard, he has to <laughs> go to third party system. I can mute your mic, I think. You know what? Can I do that? Let's try that. No, I already ended okay. it. <laughs> Even my daughter looked at me and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Well, oh, congratulations. Man, that, was so that was very clever. I did not see that coming. You bested me in that regard. Uh, what What are we doing next week? <laughs> so next week is a happy little episode. We're going back to our top 10 list, mm -hmm. uh, at least for one week. Uh, we're doing our top 10 hidden gems. Yeah. So we're doing like the movies a lot of people have never heard of that we love. And that will be a fun one to do. I have prepping for this one. I can't remember if we were recording already or not. But I imagine like I pulled out all of my hidden gems yeah. that I've wanted to talk about. And as I'm watching them for the last three weeks, because there's a lot. Yeah. Um. I realized I forgot a handful and instead of like knocking this list down, I added to it. <laughs> so I made my life 10 times harder. Okay. Yay. <laughs> uh, but hidden gems. I think that'll be a fun one. And it's always, I love it when we do our top yeah. tens. They're just, I always like recommending um, movies that people are not aware of. Cause I like learning about movies that I've never heard of. And people are like, Oh, it's great. You'll love it. You need to check it out. And then why I watch it and I do love it. That's a good time. And so, <laughs> Those are my favorite. Unless it's Mulholland Drive. Because come on, <laughs> that's folks. true. I mean, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> sometimes you get it wrong, but and yeah. I may do that in my but list. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. But yeah, I am excited to hear what you have. Uh, I'm excited to tell you about some of the ones I've got, mm -hmm. uh, and see if there's any that neither of us have ever heard of. I think that'll be the most fun. Oh my god, it's Murphy. <laughs> Murphy's on camera. Hi, Murphy. He's a dog. For those of you on the audio version, he's not a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a little pup. <laughs> he's one of the wildest, funniest pups I've ever known. Oh, so you need to go inside. What was that? Bro? I was like, I want to jump up on you, but uh, I can't get up there. I'm so small. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's ten gems so, next yep, week. Top ten hidden gems, and the um, go rewatch both dreads <laughs> and let us know which one you prefer and why. Um, and why yeah. and why and i think that's I it i think that's it too thanks everybody for listening awesome see ya thanks everyone oh check us out buy your shit jake's wearing it one of them right yeah, now we should do it at the top of the episode mine's in the car oh, well yeah i showed i showed my daughter my hoodie i was like check it out doesn't it look great she goes yeah it looks really good it's comfy i was like yeah you can wear it if you want it'll fit she goes i'm not wearing this <laughs> stop embarrassing me okay. dad yeah, 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 but so thank you, everyone. Yep, appreciate every. Uh, see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>